All right. Welcome back. I mean, we were back last week with week one after being off since the Super Bowl. We are wagers, ragers, and again, we are your premium podcast for not only the NFL betting and providing you with inside information, but a look into the minds of two passionate electronic dance music um, just connoisseurs. And so we will give you our tracks of the week at the end of this podcast, but we will begin with our analysis of week two of the NFL, a quick recap of the week, uh, week one, and then going into week two. But if you're if you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, along with my co-host. I am Joshua Thomas Buckner. Yes, that's a mouthful, and many of my friends call me JT, but my co-host John the Hedgehog Donath. And he'll explain to you why he is the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. But we are from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. And yes, last week I ran off a list of names. Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen, John Bon Jovi. But we are from New Jersey. And who's from Jersey? Well, we're almost out of season. It's the Jersey Tomato Get it while you can. The summer is almost over, but we move into week two. So we pick two games. The first game that each of us is going to pick is our is our team that we love, bleed our colors. And the one thing that we have in common, John's in the NFC, I'm in the AFC, but the, the color that we both bleed is green. I'm a Jet fan. John's an Eagle fan. We are going to analyze both of those games and how they're going to play against their opponents this week. And then we'll pick a second game, give us, give you guys our analysis, and then we'll move on to our tracks of the week. So John, talk to me. How are you feeling this week? Where are we at? How'd you do last week? I'll tell you where I was last week after you tell us where you were last week and how'd you do. We're sending you back to the future. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you just got to say how sweet it is. It felt so good to have football back. One o'clock, the ball was in the air. For the listeners of last week's podcast, you know that my two games that I took were my Philadelphia Eagles playing at Detroit in the Motor City against the Lions, and then the Los Angeles Chargers uh, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in L.A., So first up, the Eagles win at Detroit. That was fantastic. However, I did take the Eagles giving four and a half over on FanDuel. They did not cover the spread. Uh, They won 38 to 35. Don't feel too bad about that because the Eagles were up big, and then the defense let the Lions back in the game in the fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense were uh, able to run out the clock at the end to secure the victory, but I did not get um, the point spread there. Did hit a couple of props. Uh, I talked about Dallas Goddard, who's going to be a continuing theme for me this year until he shows me that he shouldn't be. I think it's going to be a big year for Dallas Goddard. Uh, I hit the over on his receiving yards, 48 and a half yards. And his receiving prop this week is actually still the same, which I'm kind of surprised by. But he hit that. Also hit Swift on the over for uh, 31 and a half receiving yards. Hit Miles Sanders over on rushing. So hit a couple of props, didn't hit the game uh, spread, 
But like I said, uh, it was one that easily could have went the other way. For the Raiders at the Chargers, I said to take the Chargers and give three and a half points at home. They covered that. I also said, let's take Austin Eckler over on 35 and a half receiving yards. He did hit that just barely. Uh, and then my last one, I believe, was, oh, there was two more. Uh, Jacob, uh, Josh Jacobs over on rushing 49 and a half rush yards. He hit that. I just felt like the Josh Jacobs um, hate had gone too far. He's been a top 12 back two out of three years. The Chargers rushing defense was suspect at best. So hit that. Uh, the last one I took was Derek Carr, uh, four and a half rushing yards. He didn't hit that, but I'm going to keep taking that every week until he hits it because he was over on that number multiple times last year. So uh, other than that, it was a great, great, great week of football. How'd you do? Yeah, so I had a, like a mixed bag. Um, I was all over the Ravens last week. I think the Jets are just not going to be a good team this year. I think the over-under on games for the Jets is under five and a half wins. I can honestly see them going maybe three and 14, two and 15, four and 13, somewhere along those lines, especially especially with Cement Shoes, Joe Flacco standing back there. And they just got smoked by the Ravens. I said, take the Ravens all day, lay the six and a half points, covered on that. Um, and then I had Steelers Bengals. I said, lay the six and a half with the Bengals, thinking that with Mitch Trubisky as quarterback, the Bengals, even though they had lost in the Super Bowl, and there's always that Super Bowl layoff that people talk about, that was not going to be the case with the Bengals. Unfortunately, it was. Lots of bad kicking, despite the fact that McPherson, who is, had been lights out the year before, it was just a mess at the end of the game and through overtime. Bengals ended up losing to the Steelers, lost on the line, but on my, my props, covered on my Jamar Chase props, uh, but did not cover on my Jet Ravens props where I thought Lamar Jackson was going to have over 291 and a half passing and rushing yards. Just didn't get close to that, but he really didn't need to do a whole lot on offense because the Jets, they just didn't do anything on, on, on offense to, to make the, make the Ravens actually put up yards and points which would have resulted in a Lamar Jackson over on rushing and receiving. So mixed bag. Uh, but at the end of the day, the one game that I actually thought was going to be a easy cover, which I covered on, on uh, Sunday night was Tampa Bay, Dallas late. I mean, I know, you know, most handicappers will call a dime a thousand in on our podcast, we call dimes a hundred. I had six dimes on Tampa Bay, covered on that, salvaged my week. And uh, so at the end of the day, probably a break even week, but week one is always tough to call because you never really know. A lot of the starters don't play in the preseason and you go into week one and you kind of get a better idea of how these teams are going to play. So we move into week two. I started off last week with my Jet uh, Raven game. John, I'm going to let you start off with your Eagle game. Who do the Eagles have this week? Who do you like? What's your take on it? And uh, let's talk. Yeah, so this week, the Philadelphia Eagles are the marquee game, the Monday night football game uh, with the new Monday night crew. 
Philadelphia Eagles are back at home at Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I talked a little bit already about how the Eagles went to Detroit and won the game. Uh, Offense looked good. Jalen Hurts was taken off all over the place. Uh, The defense, I thought, was a little shaky. Eagles do have a number of new uh, faces on defense that I think should upgrade the talent level as the season goes on. But with a bunch of new players learning the scheme, learning how to play together, I do sort of expect uh, that to take at least a few weeks for them to gel and to really, you know, come into their own. Uh, it, it definitely played out that way last week against Detroit as the defense absolutely just let the Lions back in the game. Jonathan Gannon's bend but don't break defense bent and bent and bent and nearly broke. If it wasn't for Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts at the end of, at the end of the game, Uh, The Eagles might have ended up losing when they had a huge, huge lead in the third quarter. On the other hand, the Vikings beat the smack out of the Green Bay Packers uh, in Minnesota. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and crew came in and it was just never uh, a contest. The Minnesota pass rush, which I'll talk uh, about again in just a minute, was all over Rodgers all day long. They had four sacks on the day. Justin Jefferson had an absolute monster of a game Uh, at the end of the year. I would not be surprised at all if Jefferson uh, is being thought of as the best wide receiver in football. Uh, Obviously, there is an Eagles angle there. Two years ago, the Eagles were sitting there in the first round. I forget if it was, you know, pick 22, pick 23, something like that. And all of the, you know, draft experts uh, predicted Justin Jefferson to be Uh, taken by the Eagles there. The Eagles go off the board, take Jalen Rager in uh, what's becoming one of the worst uh, draft picks of all time. Uh, Jalen Rager has since been traded to Minnesota, so he now plays on the same team as Justin Jefferson, and they're both heading into Philly uh, this weekend. I got to be honest with you, uh, I am high on my Eagles this year. I think they have a lot of potential. I'm excited to see the growth of Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm excited about Nick Sirianni. I'm excited about A.J. Brown, who had a huge week last week. Uh, But I don't have a really great feeling about this game. I think the Vikings are going to end up being one of the best teams that the Eagles will face all year. They don't really have any weaknesses. Like I said before, they've got Justin Jefferson, who's going to end up being, I think, one of the best offensive players in the entire league. Uh, Adam Thielen is their number two wide receiver, solid as they come. And KJ Osborne, their number three wide receiver, showed last year he can also get the job done. So they're deep at wide receiver. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is their workhorse back, so they can take advantage of any weakness the Eagles show as far as uh, rushing goes. Last week, DeAndre Swift of the Lions did carve the Eagles up a little bit, so that is a concern. On the other side of the ball, they've got some stalwart veterans on the Vikings defense, including safety Harrison Smith. Uh, But to me, the big story is going to be their two edge rushers, uh, Danielle Hunter and Zadarius Smith, who comes over from Green Bay, who are known as the edge department. Uh, And like I said, they had four sacks last week. So I am concerned, especially when you're talking about a point spread that's only two and a half. Eagles are sitting at home and giving two and a half to the Vikings, not the typical three and a half. I would love to take the Eagles here, um, but I just think there's too many question marks. That's not what my gut tells me. I don't think that's the smart bet. I wouldn't be surprised at all, of course, if the Eagles end up taking this one, and that's what I'll be cheering for on Monday night. But I think the bet here is if you're going to bet it, you take the Vikings on the road, you take the two and a half, the Vikings could clearly come away with the victory here, uh, and if nothing else, keep it close 
Um, the one thing that sort of gave me a little bit of pause is how bad Kirk Cousins has been on prime time. I don't put a ton of stock into that. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't a great quarterback, but he's a solid quarterback. He's a pro. He can get the ball where it needs to get to. And once the ball gets to Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or one of these other guys, they can uh, make a lot happen uh, with it. You know, you know, much was made about Kirk Cousins' primetime record. Uh, before a win against the Bears last week, he had been 0-9 on Monday night or something like that. But I don't, again, I don't put a lot of stock into that. Love to see an Eagles victory here. I think there's a good chance of that happening, but I think the bet, if you're going to bet the game, is take the Vikings, take the two and a half points. Couple of props, though. See a prop, take a prop. Um, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts rushing. I didn't take it last weekend. He had a massive day. He had 17 carries for 90 yards out of the quarterback spot. That's insane. And the way I'm thinking about this is, you know, the Vikings are going to be all jazzed up. I'm all jazzed up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> with Hunter and Zadarius Smith putting the pass rush on Jalen Hurts that he will take off uh, and be able to hit his prop of 49 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, there, not a lot to compare it to, but last year the Vikings uh, gave up 31 yards to Kyler Murray, but six yards a carry. They gave up 35 yards to Justin Fields, five yards a carry. Those were really the only two running quarterbacks they played against with those same yards per carry for Jalen Hurts. He could easily, easily, hit this 49 and a half over as far as rushing yards goes. He had 17 carries last week. If you cut that down to 10, he still hits it. So I, I love Hertz um, in that over. And I think he showed last week that, you know, that's one of the things he's going to do. You know, if he sees an opportunity, if he's feeling the blitz, he's going to take off and make something happen. Uh, the Eagles offensive line did let the blitz get them, get to them a little bit last, last week. So I'm concerned about that, but, as far as props go, I think that could lead directly to Hertz taking off uh, and hitting this 49 and a half uh, rushing yard prop. Second one I'll take, last one on this game, is going to be Dallas Goddard again. His receiving yards prop on DraftKings is the same as it was last week, which is surprising to me, 48 and a half. I think Goddard takes a big step uh, this year to become one of the top three tight ends in football, so I'm going to take that prop as well. So I think the bet pains me to say it, but I think the bet is Vikings on the road getting two and a half, but give me Jalen Hurts over on 49 and a half rushing yards and Dallas Goddard over on 48 and a half receiving yards. What do you think, man? I'm going the other way, my man. I, I think the Eagles are a good team. I, you know, I didn't like the fact that they barely beat Detroit last week, but I think Detroit's an up and coming team. You know, the fact that the Eagles gave up so many points last week is a little concerning, but at home, um, only laying two and a half points against the, the Vikings. I, I just don't, I don't see the Vikings as being that great of a team. I know they beat the Packers last week, but I think Brett Favre had, I mean, not, not Brett Favre. What am I talking about? I think uh, Aaron Rodgers had a, a really off game last week. And I think he's going to have a phenomenal game this week against the bears. So I, I like the Eagles at home. And I'll lay the two and a half points. I'm going to take the Eagles this week to uh, bring their record to two and oh. So I'm going to lay the two and a half points. I just think that the Eagles are a better team than the Vikings. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I, I know that Jefferson is a great receiver, but I think the Eagles are a better team defensively than they showed last week against Detroit. And it's going to be a, a good game against the Vikings, but at home, Home opener, Lincoln Financial Field, 
I love the Eagles in this game. I'm going to lay the two and a half points, take the Eagles. I do. I'm with you on Jalen Hurts rushing. I had Jalen Hurts rushing last week. This week, I think he's going to hit it. 49 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Love Jalen Hurts rushing this week. I think he's going to surpass that probably by about 20 yards. He's going to get close to 70 rushing yards this week. My other props, I have two other players, both Minnesota Vikings players. Dalvin Cook, over 70 and a half rushing yards. The Minnesota is going to feed the ball to him over and over and over again against the Eagles. Seeing how many points they they gave up against uh, Detroit, especially DeAndre Swift, who had a great game against the Eagles. So I love um, Dalvin Cook over 70 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings, and over 16 and a half rushing attempts. A little bit more juice, uh, minus 135 on DraftKings, but I like them to feed the ball to Dalvin Cook, uh, rushing the ball against the Eagles. And lastly, of course, I would be remiss if I did not pick a kicker and the kicker props. So I'm going Greg Joseph, Minnesota's place kicker. I'm going over six and a half total points. Juice is a little high, not out of my realm, minus 130 on DraftKings, but I'm also going to take over field goals, one and a half field goals, plus 100. So even money on DraftKings. Greg Joseph, place kicker, over six and a half points, over one and a half field goals. Dalvin Cook over 70 and a half rushing yards over 16 and a half attempts. And I'm joining you on Jalen Hurts, 49 and a half rushing yards. Any last thoughts on the Eagles Minnesota game before I jump into Jets Cleveland Browns? Hey, listen, all I can say is I hope you are right. Maybe from my perspective, there's a little bit of the anti-mush going on here. It's just that, you know, I have a lot of respect for this Vikings team and the talent level they have. But I hope you're right, man. I'll be happy to be wrong about this one. All right. So we jump into my team. It's the New York Jets. And if anyone is a Jet fan out there listening to this broadcast and has listened to any of the talk radio and the interview that happened with Michael K on the Michael K show, Rob Sala said he was taking receipts. Taking receipts for what? You want to take my receipt for going to the Jet game over the last decade? You want to take my receipt for the food that I ordered to watch your Jet team play lousy? You want to take my receipt for having to waste my time watching this Jet game? Don't tell me you're taking receipts. Tell me you're going to go out on the field and win a game. I don't want to hear you're taking receipts, Robert Sala. But guess what? The Jets go up against the Browns, and the Browns squeaked out a win last week, and the Jets are going into Cleveland. It's basically two backup quarterbacks playing. Joe Flacco, cement shoes against Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, a lot of people say is a great backup, and he's this great, you know, should be a starter, blah, blah, blah. I don't see it, but the Browns are laying six and a half points, almost a touchdown against the Jets. So where am I going with this game? Well, just let me give you a little bit of analysis here, and then I will quickly give you my pick on this game. There's two great running backs for Cleveland. Nick Chubb ran for 141 yards last week. Kareem Hunt ran for 46. 
receiving yards. Chubb only had two. Kareem Hunt had 24, but it's a two-headed monster for Cleveland. Jets stop the running game. This is where the game shifts to the green and white. Cleveland barely eked out a win against Carolina, probably should have lost, but they have a solid offensive line. If the Jets' defensive line can penetrate that Browns' offensive line, we have a chance. The problem is this. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and the Jets' offensive line is just terrible. Just terrible. But the Jet defense actually played decent last week against um, the Ravens. But Lamar Jackson, you know, he's he's like a different kind of player. Jacoby Brissett is not um, – it's not Lamar Jackson. He's just not. But they only really have one receiver. And so this game could go either way. Laying six and a half points in Cleveland against the Jets, one would think, yeah, easy money. Take Cleveland. They're at home. They won last week against Carolina. But my pick this week, yeah, I'm going to say it now. And hopefully I'm not going to regret this. I'm going to take the Jets and the six and a half points. They may not win the game, but I think this week they are going to keep it close. Uh, I don't think Joe Flacco is going to do anything to really, you know, light it up. But I think the Jet defense, after coming off last week, and I know they gave up 24 points, but they actually looked pretty good. But they went up against Lamar Jackson, and he made some really great plays and scored a few touchdowns. I don't think Jacoby Brissett – is anywhere close to the level of Lamar Jackson. So I like the Jets to keep it close. I'm going to lay, I'm going to, you know, take the points with uh, the Jets, take the six and a half points. And that's my pick in this game. I'm going to take the Jets. I don't think they're going to win. They're probably going to lose by a field goal. Maybe it's going to be 17-13. Browns, uh, 20, you know, 2014, lose by six. But I'll lay the, uh, I'll take the six and a half points. And, uh, and take the Jets. The over-under is 39 and a half. It's probably on my, you know, cusp of where I would go with this game because I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Not sure that I would take the over-under on this. So I'm just going to stick with the points and just take the Jets really quick. A uh, couple of player props. Uh, I like Flacco, even though he's a statue back there, over 205 passing yards, minus 130 on DraftKings. Um, and I'm going to take Flacco over interceptions 0.5 minus 130 um, on DraftKings. So I know I'm sticking with uh, just the Jet quarterback, but I really don't like any of the other uh, props so far that are posted on the Jet uh, Browns game. So, John, any thoughts on this game? Because it's really ugly. And I know it's not going to be a pretty game, but give me the Jets getting six and a half points. I tell you what, I'm actually happy to hear that you went that way because when I looked at this, I was like, you know what? I know they're going on the road. I know it's the Jets. I know they just lost big at home. But, you know, that Cleveland team is quarterbacked by Jacoby freaking Brissett. And six and a half points I think is is too much to give. I would take the Jets too. Take the Jets. The Jets. 
take the six and a half and let it ride. Um, the only prop, additional prop I would have for you was last week I was on the Joe Flacco to um, Elijah Moore connection because they seem to have a bit of a connection when they played together briefly last year. It didn't happen, but that's taken the receiving prop for more down a little bit. I think he's at 48 and a half receiving yards right now. I'll double down on that. I think I like Flacco to Elijah Moore. So I would take Elijah Moore um, over on receiving yards. Again, that Browns pass rush is going to get after Flacco. He's going to be looking for outlets. I could see a slot receiver like Moore benefiting from that. So I would take the Jets and the six and a half, but also give me Elijah Moore over on receiving. Yeah, I mean, not not bad. I'll have to think about that prop. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be, it's just not going to be a very pretty game, which is why I was kind of looking at the over-under, but 39 and a half points on an over-under on an NFL game, it's just really tough to uh, to kind of gauge where the game is going to go. And, you know, my tendency would be to take the under, thinking this game is going to be, you know, 17-13, something like that. But I'm going to stay away from that and just uh, take the points with the Jets. So, all right, John, second game, go. What do we got? Okay, for my second game, I'm taking those Miami Dolphins traveling to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens. Good segue there because the Ravens are the team that played the Jets last week. Uh, and of course, the Ravens won at MetLife Stadium 24 to 9, outplayed the Jets on both sides of the ball. Lamar Jackson, who is still playing on his rookie contract, uh, he has not agreed to terms on the big, giant, massive extension that. I think most of us kind of expect him to get with Baltimore anyway, betting on himself as it were. And interestingly, against the Jets last week, he did not do what we expected him to do. He did not run. He ran, I think, six times for 17 yards, but he really beat the Jets through the air, throwing for three touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, the Dolphins were at home and beating up on those New England Patriots or what used to be the Patriots, at least. Uh, the Dolphins came away with the, the win 20-7 to Tua. Tungo Vailoa, who now has a bevy of offensive weapons at his disposal, including Tyreek Hill, who's over here now from Kansas City, including Jalen Waddell, their first round pick from last year, uh, and others. Uh, Tyreek went off, had eight catches for 94 yards. Jalen Waddell, four catches for 69 yards, and probably the best touchdown celebration in all of the NFL. Uh, they did give up some yardage on the ground, 48 yards to, to Damian Harris, twenty another 25 to Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, but overall, the Dolphins completely handled the Patriots, although historically that's kind of something that's happened in Miami for a while. Between these two teams now, between the Dolphins and the Ravens, Miami is only 2-8 two and, two and eight straight up in its last 10 games against Baltimore. Meanwhile, the Ravens 9-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 against Miami courtesy of si.com although last year in miami the dolphins beat baltimore 22 to 10 uh, and the way they did it was just hitting lamar with blitz after blitz after blitz after blitz what do i think is going to happen here i think the words of the game are positive regression for the baltimore ravens ravens are back home after a big win in new york uh, not far to travel there. So it's been a sort of an easy week for the Ravens. As far as that goes, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a man on a mission. Uh, I think the dolphins after the big win at home last week, have a bit of a letdown when they come up and have to play Baltimore in Baltimore, the point spread 
is only three and a half. Ravens are giving three and a half at home, minus 105. I'm okay with that. I'll take the Ravens. I'll give the three and a half. I think the Ravens come away with a win like 27-21, 28-20, something like that. But I like the Ravens to 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 win the game here uh, and take one from the Dolphins. As far as uh, props uh, that I'm liking here, again, like I said, positive regression. Uh, Mark Andrews, the all-world tight end and Lamar Jackson's favorite target, went five for 52 last week, but was shut out as far as touchdowns go. He had nine touchdowns last year. Uh, I love the percentages on this. Give me Mark Andrews with an anytime touchdown. That's plus 130. Uh, Again, Andrews is Lamar Jackson's favorite target. They scheme it that way. Uh, He ran a route, Andrews did, on 94% of Ravens dropbacks last week. That was far and away number one on the team. So I expect him to get looks in the end zone. So give me any time touchdown. Also give me Mark Andrews over on 62 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 on DraftKings. It was actually 63 and a half earlier this uh, earlier today and actually went uh, down by a yard. So you, so you gain a yard there. Uh, he averaged 80, 80 yards a game last year. So I love Andrews to get a touchdown. I love him to go over 62 and a half receiving yards. Uh, and also Lamar Jackson on rushing. Like I said, last week he didn't rush, but I think you know, he, that's a part of his game that he's not going to let go. And the fact that he didn't have a huge day last week, uh, I feel much better about him coming back and, and getting a different result this week. His over-under for rushing yards is 53.5 on DraftKings at minus 115. He averaged 64 yards on the ground last year uh, against Miami. He went 9 for 39, uh, but uh, last year, uh, he was only below this number, 53 and a half, three times for the whole year. So I think uh, his performance last week, um, maybe it had a lot to do with the, def- the uh, defense they were playing against New York. Maybe it had a lot to do with Lamar Jackson thinking he needed to prove himself through the air. Uh, but I expect his rushing performance last week to really be the outlier or one of the outliers for the year. So I love him to get over 53 and a half rushing yards this week. So that's what I've got on this game. The Miami Dolphins travel to Baltimore, but lose to the Ravens take the Ravens, give the three and a half, give me Mark Andrews to have a huge game. I like the over on 62 and a half receiving yards. I like the anytime touchdown for Mr. Andrews. And finally, Lamar Jackson over on 53 and a half rushing yards. So let me know, JT, there's two teams you're familiar with. You just watched the Ravens play your Jets last week. And of course, you're familiar with the Dolphins. Uh, also being another AFC East team. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Not quite sure that I got a great read on the Ravens last week against the Jets. I think the Jets came out completely flat, not prepared, not ready to like come out in week one in the NFL. And I just think they did not give the kind of performance that they probably should have coming out of the preseason because it's really tough in the preseason. A lot of these players don't even play. And almost week one in the NFL is almost like a preseason game. So I, I, I kind of take that game and I throw it away. And I don't – I have a firm belief in the Ravens. On the other side, I thought that the Dolphins beating the Patriots 20-7, um, to 7, I thought was a better indicator of where I think the Dolphins are going to be. So I know that the Dolphins are going on the road into Baltimore. 
and the line is three and a half, I think the game's going to be close. And I think it's going to be a field goal game. So I'm going the other way. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to take those three and a half points. And I can see this game going one way or the other. I could see Miami winning this game. I could see Baltimore winning this game. But I think it's going to come down to a field goal. And that field goal might be on the foot of the greatest field goal kicker in the history of the NFL, Justin Tucker, which leads me into my props that I am taking this week. Tua, to me, is not a high-powered quarterback. He's just not the kind of guy who's going to throw for 300 or 375 um, or 275 or 280 a week. Right now, his passing prop is 250, 254 and a half passing yards. I'm taking the under. I think that the Baltimore defense is good enough to keep Tua under 254 and a half passing yards. I don't like taking unders, but in this particular week, I think this is going to be a close game. I almost want to go with the under in the point total but i'm going to go with two under 254 and a half passing yards and as i alluded to before i think this comes down to a field goal game there could be multiple field goals and i think multiple field goals off of the foot of the greatest field goal kicker ever justin tucker i'm going over one and a half field goals by justin tucker this week is my other prop bet on this game. So over one and a half field goals by Justin Tucker, under 254 and a half passing yards by Tua. Those are both my prop bets. And give me the Dolphins, and I will take the points in this game. Any last thoughts on this game, John, before I get into my second game, and then we go into tracks of the week. Yeah, a solid reasoning there. I do I do like how it's getting a little spicy. We seem to be going different ways on a couple of the games here. We're on the same side of the fence on, on that Jets game, but we went the other way on the other two games. So I'm very interested to see how this shakes out. And, of course, we could not have gone on a podcast without at least one or two kicking props. And who better than Justin Tucker? You know, maybe the best kicker ever. Let's go. Best kicker ever. All right, let's move on. Last and final game that we analyzed this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Now, since Tom Brady has become the quarterback of Tampa Bay, he has played the Saints four times. His record against the Saints, 0-4. But both teams enter this game 1-0. Saints squeaked out of victory against the Falcons last week. The Buccaneers dominated Dallas. Mind you that uh, Dak Prescott got hurt broke his thumb or did something to his thumb where he had to have surgery today out. Some say less than four weeks. Others say out eight weeks. Doesn't really matter. They won the game 19 to three. It really was not even a contest. They were in Dallas. Buccaneers dominated the game. Great touchdown pass from Brady to Mike Evans. Again, the saints barely beat the Falcons, but listen, they showed some moxie. They came back. They won that game. Uh, we have on the Saints side of the ball, we have Michael Thomas, we have Jarvis Landry, we have Chris Olave. I mean, that's 212 receiving yards last week with Jameis Winston as quarterback. But, and I know that the, that the Buccaneers have not beaten the Saints since Tom Brady has been the quarterback. I think this is the time right now, Tom Brady's swan song out of the NFL, Buccaneers laying Two and a half points in New Orleans, over-under is 44. I just, I can't see Tom Brady going 0-5 against the Saints. So 
for me, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm going to lay the two and a half points. They still have Mike Evans. I know Chris Godwin's a little banged up. Julio Jones should be playing. He's, you know, he's on the injured list. We'll see what happens with the two of them. Even so, to me, it doesn't matter. You know, offensive line that's a little sketchy for the Buccaneers, although they look pretty good against Dallas. I still like the Buccaneers. I still like Tom Brady uh, to come out victorious in this game, at least by a field goal. They're only giving two and a half points. Leonard Fournette ran the ball up and down the field. And I know that Saints defense has, in the last few years, been been very good. But again, I'm going to lay the two and a half points with the Buccaneers in this game. And Tom Brady is going to you know, come out on top after losing four straight games to the Saints. Couple props, real quick. I'm sticking with the Tom Brady theme. He's going to have a great game. Right now, the passing prop is 274 and a half passing yards. Tom Brady, I'm going to take the over, minus 115 on DraftKings. And another kicking prop, which I hit on against Dallas because field goals were just crazy with the Tampa Bay Dallas game. It was field goal after field goal after field goal. Ryan Suckup over one and a half field goals, minus 110 on DraftKings, and over six and a half kicking points. Little high on DraftKings. I believe it's 135. Uh, right now with Ryan Suckup, but I'm going to take it anyway. So I, I, you know, with a, with a good New Orleans defense, there could be a lot of field goals. It could come down to a field goal game, but I think if it does, Tampa Bay is going to win by three, cover that two and a half point spread. So I'm taking Tom Brady over 274 and a half passing yards, Ryan Suckup on both field goals and points and the Buccaneers to come out on top by more than two and a half points. John, any quick analysis on this game before we move into the last and final phase of the podcast? I think I'm with you here. Mr. Tom Brady, it's hard to go against him. 275 sounds like a large uh, passing yardage uh, over under. You know, Chris Godwin probably not going to play, et cetera, et cetera. Julio Jones potentially not going to play, but it's Tom Brady, man. It's Tom freaking Brady. And as long as he's got Mike Evans and Russell Gage is going to play and he can pull five guys off the street. Uh, last year when he played in the Dome in New Orleans, he threw for 375 yards. He averaged 312 on the year. So you can even cut some of that out and he could still hit the 275. Uh, I see Tom Brady hitting that number this week and beating the Saints. So I'm with you on. All right. Real quick. Um, as as you know, as the sort of inter the intermission, so to speak, between the NFL and our tracks of the week, I'm going to give you two real quick college football nuggets. Last week, I was, you know, sort of middle of the road on my uh, nuggets. Uh, but I like two games a lot this week. Iowa. Iowa, I don't even know if they scored a touchdown this season. And they're playing our Rutgers Scarlet Knights next weekend at night, 7 p.m. in in Piscataway. Right now, they are 23-point favorites against Nevada. I know they're at home, but when you can't score touchdowns, how can you possibly take a team and lay 23 points? I'm taking Nevada. Give me the 23 points away 
at Iowa. Second game, Wake Forest. They're the team this year. They are the team that is in the top 25. They are playing well, and they're playing Liberty. Laying 17 points, Liberty's quarterback drafted into the NFL. Lay the 17 with Wake Forest, taking Wake Forest, laying 17. Nevada getting 23. Those are my two college football nuggets. John, give me your track of the week, unless you have any thoughts on my college football nuggets. Uh, not too much on, on the nuggets other than I'm just going to follow them. Uh, I will say did have the opportunity to take my uh, whole family to the Rutgers home opener uh, last week against Wagner came away with a, a massive win. <laughs> so that was huge. It was nice to be back at a Rutgers game uh, in person. First time I was in person at a Rutgers game in a couple of years. So that was a big thrill. Um, but like you said, track of the week. All right, this week I am going with a track that's relatively new, although I think it was released last year. Uh, and I just I stumbled across it by accident. I don't remember if it was on YouTube or maybe it, it, it popped up on Facebook or something like that, but it was a live performance uh, by Joris Vorn, who is a, a, a well-known house, uh, house DJ. Uh, and it, it was his own post. Uh, and he said, you know, he was talking about how much fun he has, he had been playing, had been having playing this track over the last six months or so. Uh, and it's not his track. It's a track by Alex Kenon called Blinding Lights. But it is the Joris Vorn remix. And it is just a fantastic, you know, house meets techno. Wonderful track. I would love to hear it live sometimes. Uh, but that's my track of the week this week. It's got a great driving beat. It'll keep you moving through the weekend into the next week. It's Alex Kennan, Blinding Lights, the Joris Vorn remix. Definitely a track that's been out for a while, but I think that it resonates with the weather pattern that's going on right now. And that is, I get up in the morning and I put on my shorts and my 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 running shirt and my running shorts and I'm and my shoes and I'm ready to go out the door. But I look outside and it's 5:45 in the morning and it's still dark. But our, my plan with my friends that I run with is we're going to run at 6.30. And what do I see at about 6.15, 6.20? The sun starts to come up. It's sunrise. It's 6.20. It's 6.30. The sun is coming up. The light is coming out. And my track of the week right now, one of my favorite trance uh, DJs, Four Strings, Sunrise. The vocal club mix, it is a track from... A few years ago, probably a number of years ago, but it is when summer goes to fall and the sun comes up at that six o'clock, six twenty, six thirty hour, and you're out for your your you know your morning exercise. I'm going with Sunrise by Four Strings. Great trance track. That's my track of the week this week. Sunrise by Four Strings.
So we come to the end of our podcast, everyone. John, any last thoughts before we sign off? Just that I can't be happier that we're now already in week two. The season is underway, man. Let's keep it going. So we are Wagers Ragers. May your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We will see you in week three. Good luck in week two. We are out. Adios. See you later. Sayonara. Yay.